Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. It is the 4th of July, and that has meant baseball for a long, long time. It means baseball again today, not in the way we had perhaps hoped, envisioned, and planned, but baseball is back. There was activity at the ballparks, both of them in this two-team town we're blessed to live in, and we get to discuss it all with you this morning and Inside the Clubhouse. I am Matt Spiegel. He is Bruce Levine. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Matt. Uh, welcome back. Hope uh, Ruben is doing well. We were all cheering for him. I'm, I'm glad that the reports are all good, and we're happy to have you back on Inside the Clubhouse today. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's uh, and let's. he is doing well. Thanks for all who reached out. Emergency appendectomy for an eight-year-old. No fun, um, but he's, uh, he's doing well, in good hands, and recovering, um, recovering uh, on schedule at this point. Fantastic. Um, Bruce, we you you were at Wrigley yesterday. I know Mike Esposito for the score was at um, U.S. Cellular. Uh, people are going to hear a lot of voices today on this show: Rick Hahn, uh, Rick Renteria, David Ross, Theo Epstein, Tommy Hadavi, Anthony Rizzo, Tim Anderson, uh, and then Bob Nightingale will join us from USA Today um, in the ten o'clock hour. But but paint the picture for what that was like yesterday. We've seen a lot. Of, of photos, heard some sounds, some things that um, that the Cubs put out. But what was it like to be at Wrigley Field finally for some baseball on July third? Yeah, as you mentioned, Espo was at a guaranteed rate early uh, in the bad. day. Their 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 practice was uh, was early in the in the in the morning, and the Cubs uh, didn't have theirs till the afternoon. So I kind of got uh, you know the idea from uh, Espo about what it was like over there and. Uh, it was similar to our experience at Wrigley. So you 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 walk up, um, they they give you a brand new credential. Your old credentials do not work from what the regular season was going to be like. Uh, then you you sign a form to make sure that uh, if you do get sick, and this is interesting, Matt. You uh, if you do get sick or anything that was contracted, um, you know, prior to this, as you walk in, that uh, Major League Baseball is not responsible and you are signing off on all your your rights 
to sue them if you get sick in that ballpark. So that was mm -hmm. the most interesting thing that you did right away. Uh, the security people had masks, they had gloves, uh, they were friendly, uh, they allowed you to uh, put your equipment on a, uh, on a machine that allowed, you know, for them to scan. You picked it up, you went to, to the elevator, not more than four people allowed on the elevator up to the press level, the new press level with a new press box and uh, same old press box, but uh, upgraded with air conditioning and different spacing going on up there. A new score uh, radio booth for Pat and Ron and Zach, which is uh, going to be fun with a lot of expanded room for them to have more people in there and uh, to just have a, an environment where they're not crammed into two inches of space. And then uh, going to our uh, seats in the clubhouse, I mean, in the uh, press box, it's uh, the two spaces are one right now. So where David Schuster and I used to sit together uh, next to each other, I have that whole space. Now David is next to me down the line and he's got two spaces. Cheryl Ray, two spaces. So everybody is spaced out with plastic separators in between the seating wow. areas too. Can I finally so, uh, say can I finally say congratulations on getting that far away from David Schuster? Uh, you know, I mean oh, I, wow. for, for Andrew, no I'm just what kidding. A cheap shot. I well Ooh. I I I can't I love David. I, I I I didn't even mean it to be a cheap shot. Wow, like, that's such an old time score shot, isn't I, it? You know what I, I you know I'll I'll text him and make sure he knows I didn't that's mean a, it. That's what? a nineteen ninety seven score shot, isn't it? Well just just hearkening back. But here's the thing. It's like it, it that's such a weird atmosphere. For you and David, who've worked next to each other for for so long, for decades, really, Bruce, centuries. Yep. <laughs> centuries. You guys were great. I think you defeated Goliath together, if if memory serves. But the we did for for you guys to now have this plastic spacing. It's just it's so bizarre. I understand. Are you wearing masks the entire time inside the ball? You have to. Yeah, of course. Okay. So you you have to have a mask on, uh, and that was different because. Uh, how many times can you say right now that you've worn a mask for two hours straight? Okay, uh, that that is, you know, that's a challenge. So we, so as we get into the ballpark, you know, um, we're watching BP take place, and there's only the second group. So each day, both uh, Cubs and White Sox will have one, two, or three groups working out separately. Yeah. Uh, nobody more than twelve to fourteen people involved. Uh, you know, a just a a few of the coaches. Uh, that's part of the tier one uh, experience of working out and uh, being a part of summer training or summer camp, as you want to call it. Mm. So that, that that was interesting to watch uh, that happen down there. And uh, that went on. Uh, we were in the ballpark for a couple of hours, and then we had uh, Zooms with uh, both Anthony Rizzo and Ian Happ uh, at the end. So the way that broadcasters and writers are now uh, communicating with managers, coaches, and uh, players is totally through Zoom. There's no contact. You, you can't get within hundreds of feet of them. Uh, we were all uh, in the press box, and that's where we were supposed to stay. And that's going to be the protocol uh, going forward for the rest of summer camp. And uh, as we uh, observe it, most likely the entire regular 60-game hmm. season. You know, Bruce, just for me yesterday and for a lot of people that I've talked to, it's a mix of that feeling of anticipation and joy 
um, that, hey, here's this game. Oh, my God, look at that. I see guys throwing baseballs and hitting baseballs and hear the sounds and then hear these guys talking about it. it mixed with this feeling of, is this actually going to happen? Are they mm-hmm. actually going to pull this off? And, and, and so, so what, what was that? Was that feeling palpable at the ballpark and in those conversations of like, boy, is this actually going to work? Yeah, it certainly was. And it was part of the some of the Zoom uh, conversations that we had. And we'll share some of that uh, pretty soon. But uh, yeah, there there is a little bit of hesitation uh, in, you know, your, you know, I mean, Wrigley Field and uh, Guaranteed Rate have been my home for almost 40 years, you know, during the summertime. So there's a naturalness about being in there, but there wasn't anything natural about the new setup. And there wasn't, wasn't anything nat, uh, natural about um, being that far away from the players, coaches, and uh, observing, uh, except for, you know, right before the game starts. Uh, that, that's the only time you, you kind of feel the same way and, uh, and during the game. So it wasn't it wasn't a natural feeling. Um, I mean, we couldn't really we can talk to each other, but we have to uh, in the press box. We have to be six feet away as well. So if you can imagine that, you know, the yeah. group usually, you know, usually you know who has bad breath and who doesn't, you know. But in this case, uh, you're six feet away from everybody. Um, there's even a, a hesitation to kind of communicate because it's you know through a mask. Um, some people are more audio than others, depending on the quality of your mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, may, maybe we'll get a, uh, a, a radio friendly, uh, mask that, uh, allows you to speak because, uh, you know, in the future, you know, doing updates from the ballpark and, uh, and all that, there's nowhere to go to take your mask off. So you're going to, you have to do all your audio work, except if you're in the, uh, you know, broadcast booth with TV mm-hmm. and radio, you're going to have to do all your broadcast through the mask. Were you so, able to? Uh, yeah, it's 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 good. It's craziness. It it really is. I mm-hmm. were you able to watch the players uh, down on the field um, at points when you were upstairs and or or and even if not the they seem to be um, allowed to be more near each other than I expected. Or am I just seeing some snippets of video that perhaps I shouldn't see? Are they supposed to be six feet apart at all times at this point? Uh, I don't know that exactly. I do know that they were they're supposed to uh, separate themselves from each other. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's exactly six feet. Uh, I noticed, like you did, that there were times people were closer uh, gathering behind the cage. But a couple of uh, the guys, uh, I would say sporadically, when they weren't hitting or they weren't moving around, they put their masks on. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they were it, adhering to that. Um, not all of them, but again, uh, a couple of them, when they were talking to somebody else, covered their mouth with their arm. Uh, so they, they, they were adhering to rules. But uh, again, when you're in a batting cage and you're around the batting cage, are you going to actually all be six feet apart? Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, you know, I mm. don't know that from the first day that I know the Cubs were trying to observe it, observe, observe the uh, you know, the rule, but yep. again, uh, difficult in the process and something to get used to. It's a work in progress as we overuse that term. It's going to be that way for a while. The, a lot to unpack uh, at this moment on Inside the Clubhouse. We're, we're on top of all the kind of the safety issues and the logistical issues, and they're fascinating. And people can text, as, uh, as always, and call 
at 312-644-6767 because after 9 a.m. Friday, as the players trickled out of of the dugouts at guaranteed rate and uh, around then at, at Wrigley and there's two different phases of players and they're working all that. So, so they've got a million things to figure out. Um, but what we're going to do here also, Bruce, is is talk baseball. And there are immediately issues for both sides of town in terms of very important pitchers. And and the big one to discuss on the south side um, is is about Michael Kopech. And I, unless unless you've got anything else you want to share from day one, you know, I, I feel like we ought to move on and talk about some of the issues these teams are going to be facing. Well, I just want to mention that uh, our phone lines are always open at 312-644-6767. And your curiosity and interest in what the rules exactly are and what uh, how it's going to go about, we, we encourage you to call and ask and uh, to get involved because mm-hmm. that's what we're here for. And we have as much information as anybody has right now. Uh, again, you know, you know, information such as, well, what happens when a player uh, is – positive for the COVID-19, what happens to him? Where does he go? Is it a normal uh, um, disabled list or, or injured list? So, you know, we, we can try to answer all your questions here. So please join us as uh, we go through this journey of players actually being on the field, as Matt said, and uh, functioning in uh, their daily workouts. Yeah, it, it's a good point, though, just the volume of angles and information that we could go down. There's a ton of stuff. So this is, you know, the score is a, the score is a place where you can help drive the content a little. So, so feel free um, along the way. Uh, 312-644-6767 is the number to both call and to text. You can find us on Twitter at Matt Spiegel 670 at MLB Bruce Levine. And uh, hopefully you're listening on the radio.com app where you can always rewind um, to catch anything you might have missed. Bob Nightingale from USA Today will join us at 1020. Here's Rick Hahn at the beginning of his Zoom yesterday with reporters um, explaining to the best that he can the situation with a guy who's not there at guaranteed rate, and that is Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech is not currently here. He has been excused with permission from the club. Uh, to not report today so that he can attend to a personal matter. Uh, at this time, I do not have a timeline or a time frame for his return. And given the personal nature uh, of the matter he's attending to, I won't be providing updates until we know the actual plan uh, for Michael going forward. Given the time we're living through together, I will share the question that's probably, or I try to answer the question that's probably now at the top of everybody's mind and just share the fact that currently Michael is healthy. That's Rick Hahn talking about Michael Kopech. It was, it was discussed a little bit more later on, Bruce, during the Zoom, but no more details. Um, it feels like this has the chance to linger. Feels like this just the, from the way it's discussing. I don't. I mean, it's very. You know, you don't want to speculate, but I. I, I don't expect to see Michael Kopech real soon. Yeah, I think that's what you picked out of it, Matt. I think you're you're right in your analysis. Otherwise, they said he's got a. Normally, you hear he's got a few personal things to handle, and we expect him back soon. You know, that's that's what you would uh, normally hear. In that bite, you didn't hear anything like that. You know, we just. We're not sure what the personal matter is. Um, White Sox uh, tread lightly in answering that, or, or Rick Hahn treaded lightly in answering that, because 
uh, from what their knowledge is, they don't know when he's going to be back. So we'll ju- we're just going to have to go with that. But it, it's kind of a blow to the White Sox because you imagined, uh, you know, initially, and, and he still has plenty of time to get into camp and be ready. But you imagined him initially with that 100-mile-an-hour uh, arm that he has, uh, him being an opener, him being a closer, one way or another being impactful uh, for the White Sox during the 60-game sprint. Sure. You know, and Michael has been very open in discussing his own issues um, and has talked a lot about anxiety and that, of of course, could lead to speculation. I just, whatever it is, um, he is entitled to whatever time he needs. And, and, And we'll see. From a baseball strategic standpoint, the loss of that weapon and the loss of that in, is fascinating because all these teams, and the White Sox maybe more than most, are really considering what some of their options might be. How long are starters going to be able to go? Are relievers going to be used as super relievers? Are, are, you know, will some starters be asked to go a couple of times a week? Like, get used to throwing on your side day. When you throw on your side day, we might as well use you for a couple innings in a ball game. It's, um, there's a wide range of possibilities for what Kopech was going to be used as. Uh, do you have any indication as to what the strategy might be for, for Renteria and this, and this rotation off the top? As, as far – well, I mean, they, they, they feel that uh, their pitchers are uh, in a good spot and uh, that most of them have built up their innings and uh, that uh, within three weeks they'll all be ready to go, like four or five, maybe six innings. So mm-hmm. from that perspective, I think the, you know all the pitchers – and this goes for the Cubs as well – uh, they were they were working hard when they were at home, even though it wasn't against competition. They were uh, putting the cleats on, uh, getting on a mound somewhere, throwing and uh, and staying in shape. So um, the idea that uh, these pitchers aren't going to be ready to go more than one or two innings uh, that that doesn't seem to be the case for the Cubs and White Sox. And their their thought process, they feel their starting pitchers are going to be ready to go and give more innings than we think right now. Hmm. Yeah, um, Lucas Giolito had said he feels like he can get up and down three times right now. And he talked to other guys who feel similarly, and, uh, and maybe that'll be the goal um, early on. Um, on the other side of town, we have this issue with Jose Quintana. Let's listen to Theo Epstein from earlier in the week explaining what the timetable is for Jose Quintana's injury and surgery after he lacerated uh, part of his finger while washing dishes, which, of course, adds to a long list of of bizarre uh, baseball injuries. But here's Theo explaining the process here for Jose Quintana. Yeah, there's some uncertainty right now uh, surrounding his timetable. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, He'll be able to throw in approximately two weeks. And then uh, from there, it'll really depend on, on how he feels and how that thumb feels and um, you know, there's a best case scenario in which it heals quickly and his, his thumb feels good and he can resume um, a pretty rapid ramp up from that point. He's been built up, um, it's pretty far along. But um, there's certainly another scenario in which uh, the nerve takes uh, longer to heal and, and he's going to be significantly delayed. So we really can't forecast it. We just have to, to wait and see and hope for the best when he's able to start throwing in a couple of weeks. You ever hear of a pitcher with a nerve laceration in the thumb of his pitching hand? Seems to be kind of a big deal, Bruce. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that he's ambidextrous uh, because um, <laughs> he, he must he must have been slicing with the right hand, right? Yeah, I, I, I guess you're right. Well, if you're doing dishes, I mean, I've cut my finger on a knife um, grabbing the silverware, not realizing. Oh, that. yeah, yeah. We've all done that, I think. Right. So, that's so maybe maybe that's the way it happened. But not, nonetheless, um, that deep of a cut where it actually got into the nerve and they had to have um, microsurgery uh, on it and the unknown of, yeah, they hope they want him to be on a mound in two weeks. But how it's going to feel for him and then rebuilding his arm up after three weeks of no use uh, guarantees you that he's not going to be ready for the opening a week of the season. Hmm. Uh, you, you hope it'll be not too far after that, but uh, you know, just projecting the very best scenario, um, yeah. you know, he's going to miss the first couple weeks of the season without any question because he, he has to rebuild his arm uh, and build up his innings before he can get back out there. Mm -hmm. So that's that's uh, about one quarter of a season, which is already less than yeah. one third of what an actual season yeah, and, is. And it's great that you point that out, Matt. I mean, it's a great point that you make is that um, we're, we're looking at this season in, in such a, a quick time and uh, that injuries take on so much more importance because there's so much little time left to come back. Right. Uh, and uh, will people try to rush back from injuries because of the fact that, you know, that, uh, you know, the, the need for them to be there is so important. In Quintana's case, Matt, it's twofold. He's coming back because he wants to help his team and be a good teammate. Mm -hmm. Number two, he's a free agent uh, as of November of this year. So there, there's a there's a, you know, confluence of uh, different reasons why. He wants to be back there, obviously, and you wonder if he will be anxious or over-anxious when he starts to rebuild. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point. And the fact that there is a trade deadline, it appears, in this season, and it's going to be August 31st. And I, I, I know a lot of people are thinking there's not going to be any activity, but who knows? It's a, it's a big moment for the Cubs to make some decisions and to have all this timeline compressed and now even further. It's just, just yeah. crazy. Um, I mean, I, Mitch told uh, told me that if you and I don't do a good job on these shows, that we're going to be traded to uh, 1,000 uh, for um, other reporters and hosts to be named later. And now, I'm th now I'm thinking about the depth chart over there and wondering what my chances are. <laughs> <laughs> wondering what I could do to make the team, you know what I mean, on a daily basis. Um, you know, we, we have to have a little fun with this because, you know, there is there's so much uh, doom and gloom that oh, are, we've all yeah. dealt with in our lives and with sports and everything else. So, uh, you know, concentrating on having a little bit more fun, I think, is is important. Oh, make room for joy, baby. I'm right there with you. Uh, here's David Ross, the manager of the Cubs yesterday talking about Jose Quintana and what options there are in-house to replace him as uh, they near a theoretical opening day on the 24th of July. Yeah, I, love, I mean, Q's a big loss, obviously, and, and that's why he was in the rotation. But we, we, I've got some confidence in, in Alec, obviously. He was was competing for that fifth spot with Chatty. I've got a ton of confidence in him and, and love really the role that he was going to be in. Got a lot of a good reports back from the work that Colin Ray's put in. Terrell Cotton is a, a huge pickup, especially in this shortened season and not having a lot of innings under his belt the last couple years. And he feels really good and, and, and stayed sharp. So we've got some good options there to fill that void internally that I have an extreme confidence in. 
Yeah, it, Alec Mills is a name you mentioned uh, months ago, uh, Bruce, as a very malleable, dependable arm who knows what he's doing and could be used in, in myriad ways. I, I wonder if it makes more sense to let Mills still be in that role where they could use him all, all over the place um, because finding guys who are flexible like that is, is, pretty, is pretty rare. Um, Jarrell Cotton intrigues me a lot. His changeup has always been great. Yeah, you know, and Ray was their top pitcher at AAA, though he is a a 30-year-old pitcher Mm -hmm. who's been around a little bit. Uh, He actually, Theo pointed out, led the uh, American Association in ERA. When I looked it up, it was 3.95. That was the best ERA by a starting pitcher in the the association. So, obviously, it's a great place to hit. But, uh, you know, digressing, you know, the the idea here is that – the depth chart isn't exactly what you want. You don't want to be talking about the depth chart right now, uh, you know, yeah. because you haven't, nobody's thrown a pitch yet, right? I mean, you know, it's, you know, they're, they're just, they're warming up and, and you already lost a pitcher. Uh, Mills is a, as you said, is a, is a great choice for either that long roll, which I think you, you, you identified as would be his strength or a, a starting pitcher. Uh, but, but as you move down here, you know, Edward Alzale, who we saw briefly last year uh, come up and start his major league career and then have to go back to the minors because of not being finished and mm-hmm. then eventually getting injured, uh, he will be in the mix as well. But uh, it all points out, you know, not to denigrate the the, the uh, pitchers that we're talking about, but, um, you know, it's you're getting down to the nitty gritty as far as your fourth and fifth. Now you have Chatwood and Mills, you know, does that sound like, um, you know, you're moving toward a championship, uh, uh, this year. I mean, uh, it is a challenge, uh, when you lose a pitcher like Quintana, he had a bad last month of the season last year, very bad, but in general, you know, looking over his career, He's never missed a start. He's never been on the IL or DL in his entire career. Yeah. He's 10th uh, in uh, starts by uh, left-handed pitcher, I think, uh, through all that time since 2013. So uh, you start to respect a little bit more the guy showing up rather than breaking down and analyzing what he doesn't do well mm-hmm. when these situations occur. It is 670, the score. I'm told by, by someone who should know, Bruce, that both you and I have no trade clauses um, in our deals, but I don't yeah. remember negotiating for that, so I'll have to check the paperwork after the show. Uh, we also have uh, clients who uh, need to get their ads on the air, and we've run by it a little bit. So time to uh, take a little short break and come on back, talk a little bit more ball. When we come back, an emotional moment from this week uh, as a baseball coach revealed his battle um, with COVID and the reactions to that on, on that team, within the team. We'll do that next. Lots coming up right here. Cubs and Sox talk on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage 
to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Streamline IT and simplify PC life cycles with PC as a service. Dell Technologies recommends Windows 10 Pro for business. Call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right tech. That's 877-ASK-DELL or visit dell.com slash smallbusinessdeals. Golden, Golden, Golden Shoes, 122nd in South Harlem, welcomes customers back to the reopening in Payless Heights. Here's the promise. Golden Shoes has the finest and most extensive shoe inventory in Chicagoland. If they make it, we can find it and fit you in it with comfort and style. Golden Shoes promises you a safe environment with respect to masks and social distancing while still giving you the most personalized service that online sales can't help you with. Top brands include Forshine, Skechers, New Balance, Brooks, Rockport, Keen, and Hoka, just to name a few. Golden Shoes stands for excellence in quality and service and fitting all people with the best shoes in Chicagoland. A family-owned store for 58 years, Golden Shoes welcomes you back to the place you love to shop. Golden, Golden, Golden Shoes. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. One little misstep, one little um, contact situation by one person can derail an entire industry. And, and I'm not saying it could be that extreme, but I think you get my point. We could do everything we can as an organization to make sure we have protocols in place and things set. All it takes is somebody walking, you know, all it takes is for one person to walk by somebody and get coughed on, sneezed on, or, you know, go to a, a local place and be around somebody. It, it, it really um, could be that easy as, as shutting it down. And then next thing you know, you lose two or three key guys and, and you're looking at a tough situation. That's Cubs pitching coach, Tommy Hadovy. Um, in a flat-out important interview that uh, he did on Mully and Haw this week on The Score, 
important for players to hear, important for listeners to hear in a country that's struggling with uh, somehow uh, understanding the realities of science and this virus and how it continues to be an issue. Uh, Tommy Hadovy's willingness to share the entirety of a situation emotionally, I thought, was hugely important. Bruce Levine. Yes, and um, Led Zeppelin agrees with you by saying, "I can't quit you, babe." <laughs> so uh, we're, we're not going to put him down for a while because, in fact, um, baseball is back. But it is, you know, it, there there is that feeling. I mean, we we heard from all the camps opening yesterday. Uh, we heard conversation from Mike Trout saying. He's still not sure if he's going to stay with it or not. I mean, this is the best player in the game. I don't think uh, anybody questions that at this point, uh, that you have the top player in the game saying, yeah, I'm back in camp, but uh, I have trepidation. I, I, I think that possibly I won't be uh, a part of this. And there, you know, when the positive tests come in, and again, uh, for to fill in our audience, uh, Matt, uh, they took uh, – 3,128 tests um, so so far. There's going to be over uh, probably close to 2,000. And of the 3,128, uh, there were 38 positive tests so far of those that have, that have come back. 31 were players. Uh, seven were other personnel in Tier 1, which is players, uh, fr- players managers, coaches, um, clubhouse uh people. So from that perspective, um, that was 1.2% of people tested. Uh, that is a great rate. If it stays that way, baseball is going to be in good shape to be able to continue to play in the spring here or in the summer here, and then mm-hmm. hopefully get to a an opening day. Um, 1.2% uh, is just a minuscule number, Matt, compared to testing going on everywhere else with groups. So uh, from that perspective, again, we have somewhere 14, 1500 more tests to take. So, uh, you know, or to be analyzed, they've probably all been taken at this point. Um, and uh, it could go higher, but, you know, we're talking about, you know, the possibility of maybe 150 positive tests out of 2000. So is that good news or bad news for you? It It's... It's it's good news numerically, uh, certainly. Uh, it's um, it, it is a very small number. It is smaller than what the NBA has released. It's smaller than what a lot of other um, or organizations have 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 released, and certainly what we've seen. the The problem is because of the nature of this thing. I, I guess I'm unsure, Bruce, as to what is the shutdown button for baseball. Is it is it one player? of a very high caliber and star um, star status who tests positive and then has to quarantine for 10, for 10 to 14 days. Is it an elderly, uh, not elderly, but just, you know, a mature coach or assistant coach or umpire um, getting it or something like that? Is it a certain number in terms of the percentage of the, the outbreak, uh, an outbreak of sorts on a, on a given team? Do you have a sense for what is, what is the death knell to this process? Well, I think, you know, just looking at our country right now, Matt, I think the idea of the severity is probably going to be the key. OK, so uh, a lot of people are testing positive and they don't have any symptoms. Right. So so they're sick 
but uh, the the symptoms and how the virus is affecting him is so very very different from case to case. So uh, are are we talking about um, somebody testing and being out for a while, or are we talking about somebody battling a life and death circumstance? Two very different things, wouldn't yep. you say? Uh, absolutely. Um, so 19 of the 30 teams uh, had a positive test. 19 out of the 30 teams. The only player who gave his team permission to say tested positive was Delano DeShields Jr., Terry Francona, said, I think he's getting frustrated because he's starting to feel better and he wants to get back here. He seems to be feeling much better, which is good news. It's just the protocols that you have to follow. So that, I think, is going to be a situation where a lot of these very young, very healthy ball players might test positive and not feel the symptoms or start to feel better and want to get back. And, and we'll see what the timeline allows. And here, here's the other part, which is convoluted for us to be able to fill in uh, all the fans and everybody else. Uh, when we come to the ballpark and we see player X has not reported and we are not given a report that he's going on the um, the regular IL for a hamstring or a quad or a strained shoulder or elbow, um, yeah. the laws uh, do not allow the clubs or Major League Baseball to uh, be transparent about whether a guy is COVID or somebody in his family COVID positive, right. or, or whether or not uh, he's on that list. There is a COVID-19 IL, but it's not going to be something that we will be able to access and report on without the players themselves giving permission. So right. there'll be a lot of speculation if a guy doesn't show up and all of a sudden what's going on with X and David Ross says, uh, we can't really give you that information right now. Yeah. And, where, and, and where are you at? Right, and to your point, the Phillies had announced that they had seven players test positive, and uh, the other day, they or yesterday, they put several players on the 10-day IL with no specified injuries. On, on Thursday, they did that. So, of course, you, you start to speculate, but let's, let, let's not bother. Let's stay in what we know, which is that Tommy Hottavy shared um, all of that and the impact that it's had. Um, wanna, th- this is Theo Epstein, by the way, uh, on, on Tommy Hottavy, on how he felt about Tommy sharing everything that he has. First of all, I'm really proud of, of Tommy Hottaby. You know, I, I always am, but um, never more so than, than yesterday. I think that uh, what he did in sharing his story so openly and at such an important moment really provided a service for our organization and really for the entire industry by reminding us all how serious this pandemic is. And here's David Ross yesterday uh, echoing that and talking about how he's going to have Tommy be part of his address to the team. We're going to have a, a little team meeting uh, in between the, the kind of transition of the two groups. And um, I've asked Tommy to, to say a few things just because just he is such a powerful resource. And I think a lot of guys have seen um, or a lot of guys knew, but a lot of guys have seen the emotion, obviously, of that video that was pretty impactful and uh, I think he just wants to make sure that that he's a resource. So yeah, he'll speak today. We'll definitely use him, and and um, and and he'll be a good guy to go to if 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 guys have questions. So uh, it's it's powerful stuff, Bruce, and uh, and and Tommy's sharing. Um, hopefully, we'll will help David Ross do his job, and part of his job is enforcing health and safety protocols in a way that 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 he I'm sure he never imagined would be part of his job. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see coaches and managers uh, actually maybe telling players, hey, uh, you need to be a little further apart from player J because you're you're not you're within you're you're too close. That's going to be really tough, you know, that type of stuff where all of a sudden you're a scientist, doctor, um, principal rather than just the manager of that team. You know, it it's it's asking a lot uh, for managers and coaches to be authoritative uh, when it comes to uh, this medical protocol when yeah. nobody's trained or has any experience or you're also imposing, you know, your your rights upon theirs. You know, I mean, it's 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 kind of like being at the grocery store, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And, and to that point, at the grocery store and all these other places where you have like the, the, the stickers on the floor or tape saying six feet apart, over at, at, at Guaranteed Rate, Roger Bossard's ground crew built a couple of uh, extra bullpen mounds near both of the foul lines, two more batting cages, um, and kind of the areas have, have been separated to try and, and do this. I was, I was reading, no, no lockers are going to be next to each other. Nobody's going to have lockers next to each other in these home and visiting clubhouses uh, during training camp, at least, at least yeah. for the White Sox. And, and even the hallways are, are going to be used to have additional training tables. Nobody's going to have side-by-side lockers uh, in the whole season. They won't be sitting next to each other in, in the dugout. This is, this is serious stuff that they'll all have to get used to. Yeah, and, and you know, what is your right, uh, Matt, to tell a teammate, please be six feet away from uh, other players or uh, your, your mask is on, but your nose isn't covered? I mean, you know, um, I'm the policeman at the grocery store when I go. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not afraid to tell somebody, hey, uh, you have your mask over your neck, okay? That, your, your mask isn't on, okay? And, and again... That's that's really not my right to tell anybody else. But I, my my life and other people's lives are endangered by that. If you want to listen to science and health experts, other people don't believe it's true, and they have a right, just like everybody else in this country, uh, uh, to to go about it their way. They they do. They actually, you know, they do. It's not it's not might not be proper. It might not be acceptable to you, Matt. But uh, they have every constitutional right to do it any way they want to. Sadly. Uh, uh, I, 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 yeah, I guess it's just, it's void. It's void of having any empathy for your fellow man. Really, it's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's kind of like, well, I don't care if your grandfather dies. I'm all right with that, as long as I don't have to, to, to wear a mask. Yeah, but I mean, back to the point, uh, you know, can, can these managers and coaches be these doctors in a, in a, authoritative voices without mm-hmm. jeopardizing their relationship uh, and and having that clubhouse and that team be a cohesive unit during these very trying times of trying to play sports through this uh, pandemic. There are a couple players who have compromised immune systems. We heard from one of them, uh, and we'll hear that at the top of the hour here on 670 The Score. But we come back, let's, let's talk about the South Side, Bruce, and, and talk about Rick Renteria and his job with these young kids in what they hope will be a short but very, very successful season. We'll do that next. Bob Nightingale from USA Today, also coming up next hour. He's Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It's inside the clubhouse on the score. I was still out on the field in Arizona with, uh, you know, some of the guys that were voluntarily coming in and doing some things. Um, I think just in general, being back out there on the field at our ballpark, uh, watching the first session that we've had with the first group of players 
it's nice just to be back out there knowing that these guys are um, getting themselves ready to, you know, you know, hopefully start a, a new campaign. That's White Sox manager Rick Renteria on what it felt like to be there on the field. I envy you for being at Wrigley and Mike Esposito for being a guaranteed rate for the score. Do you because- really? I do. I do. I and mean, first of all, neither of you have an eight-year-old son uh, recovering from an appendectomy. So that's, uh, that's envy number one. And number two, just being able to see the sights and the sounds. I feel comfortable with my mask on and I feel comfortable with my level of precaution um, and, and health and safety. I, I, I know um, some others do not. And I, and I get that. But yeah, I would love to be there, Bruce Levine. If, uh, if ever you can't make it or you start to get the hinky, you let me know. Okay. What if a media person gets too close to you, Matt? How are you going to handle it? Are you going to be as aggressive as I am in the grocery store? (laughs) I don't know. I need to see you in action. I just want, can you get me like um, uh, dash cam uh, uh, footage of you in the grocery store? I just very nicely to... uh, to put your mask on and cover your, your entire yeah. face. Yeah. I, I yeah. do it as nicely as I can. And, uh, you know, some people respond well and other people, you know, you know, tell me where I should go. And mm-hmm. I have to consider both responses as being okay. Well, I, I you know, I, I live in a, in a condo building and it's, if you get in the elevator and you don't have your mask on, I'm, you know, I'm getting out of the elevator if you're not. Exactly. You know? So this is uh, this is the state of the moment. But there is also baseball, which we hope will lead to games being played. And when Rick Renteria thinks about his team, he knows that uh, some of the storylines. Remember this one? They have to learn how to win. He's hoping that they still will be putting all that together here in summer camp. I think our guys, uh, honestly, I was just talking about it right now. They've been growing up together. I've been very fortunate to be here to see them growing up. And uh, they've had an opportunity over the last few years now to experience playing at the major league level, uh, going through some ups and downs, learning what they're capable of doing. At the end of the day, their talent has to meet the moment and be prepared for it and allow themselves to trust what they're capable of doing. And I think that in, in the end, if you have positive outcomes, you know, and winning is what we're all about, you know, every, every club is trying to do that. Uh, hopefully we have some uh, more positives than negatives as we move forward. You know, uh, the White Sox got got jobbed in 94 and and the fan base got jobbed here in 2020. This is the moment, you know, next year, maybe even brighter. But this is the moment that you were supposed to be feeling we might be next. This is the bonus year, the beloved bonus year where any bit of success was going to feel awesome. And the expectations were not sky high. So hopefully they still get some of that feeling out of this year. You think they got jobbed in 94? I mean, they had a very good team. Yeah, I, I think you they know got... What their, you know what their lead was when it was stopped? Uh, it had shrunk. It had shrunk greatly, right? One game over yeah. Cleveland and yeah. only three over Kansas City. But they did have tremendous talent on that team, as I digress. But yeah. nonetheless... No, no, but I, 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 think, I think they got jobbed from having... Maybe not from winning it, but just having the excitement. I mean, that's what we're oh, in yeah. it for. I mean, they, they, they were loaded. Uh, yeah. The consensus was Montreal and the White Sox were going to the World Series that year with uh, just, uh, you know, another 50 games left to play. But, uh, you know... the. the the comparisons, you know, right now are, you know, true. The White Sox, you know, um, they're still evolving. Now, um, Rick Hahn was careful to say in um, one of his Zoom uh, uh, get-togethers with the, with us this week, 
that we're still we're still steady on the course as far as we're not just trying to win this year, but we're building toward being a very good team for many years to come. So he's not he's not allowing the anxiety of a shortened season push them to the fact that if they don't have a tremendously successful year and go deep in the playoffs, that mm-hmm. they're a failure. Uh, I don't know how you could really. I mean, that's a smart way to look at things, don't you think, Matt? Right now, with 60 games, I mean, do you think you're going to get a, a true uh, feeling for whoever ends up being in the playoffs that they were the best team this year? I, I don't think that you'll get a playoff pool of teams that feels truly representative of who might have been the best teams. But the results of the playoffs, if they are a full playoffs, will be, like many years, different than what the regular season is. Um, depending on who's in there, I think the results of that playoff pool could feel very legitimate because you still have to go through the gauntlet there, and you still have yeah, to yeah. get hot at the right time and play the right time the right ways. You know, what if they have to stop for a, a week uh, f- because of the virus, and then yeah. they, they continue – you know, will you be saying the same thing about 50 to 53 games? I mean, again, there, there's a nice round number there in 60. So you can you can maybe feel that that's a real competitive tournament mm-hmm. season. But, you know, as you as you look deeper into it, um, you know, I think I think they're, they're coming back for two real good reasons. One. They, they realize how important the fans are, at least you hope they, they do, and two, money. Um, as far as the it's a scientific point of coming back, you know, I think if you were using that as number one criteria, you wouldn't come back at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the season is going to be illegitimate no matter what. Uh, I, I hope for a legitimate feel to the playoffs. But mm-hmm. stopping for a week within the playoffs would make those feel completely illegitimate uh, as well, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, again, uh, it's easy to take shots at it for us, but uh, you know the reality of what's going on out there right now. You have to, you have to put some semblance of uh, you know reality into what mm-hmm. they're tr- trying to accomplish, and and you hope, uh, you just hope that it's the the right thing to do. But I think we all embrace them trying and applaud them for trying because they have to be really brave to come back and do this. I mean, there's there's no way around it. Athletes have to be brave in, in more than just one level to come back and attempt this. It's not just about money for them. Uh, it's their job. It's their livelihood. It's their very short careers that they're looking at. And it's, uh, you know, possibly contracting something and bringing it home to your family or people around you. Um, take, make no mistake about it. You know, they are being brave in trying to get this thing accomplished. This is uh, this is Tim Anderson talking about his group of young teammates and how close they've always been and how it's going to be a little bit awkward following these health and safety protocols, but they're in. I mean, it's just regular, you know, following the rules. You no, know, just following the rules. But uh, it's definitely going to be tough to keep guys apart, man, because we like to have fun and, and there's a lot of exciting stuff that be going on. But I'm curious to see how it's going to go. But it's going to be tough to stay away from guys, man. I love I love my guys, so, you know, I love to, you know, celebrate with them. But we're trying to follow the rules, I guess. It's a very close-knit group, and you could see it in spring training, and it's one of the things you wanted to develop. And uh, they will attempt to keep those feelings and that 
and, and those vibes, those good vibes, babe, uh, as we go into this truncated season. Bob Nightingale from USA Today is going to join us at about 1020. Before that, a player with a compromised immune system who is not afraid to be there spoke yesterday. We'll talk about it next on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.